Welcome to the Yada 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 podcast, where we interview members of the local Brisbane arts community. We go behind to find out what makes the artist tick. Welcome to another episode of the Yada 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 podcast. Today we have a very special guest from Dark Cell, the front man and comic book creator, Jesse Jackman in the studio. So how's your day been, Jesse? It's been magnificently highly energetic. <laughs> How about yourself, man? Not too bad, not too good, bad. Good, So now, really quickly, what made you want to start a band? Elvis Presley. All right. I'm going to blame Elvis, the king of rock and roll. <laughs> Plain and simple, dude. I was that kid in high school. I, I tend to go the opposite direction to everyone else. So everyone goes, hey, I'm listening to so-and-so or I'm watching this and this. I go, yeah, cool. I'm going that way. With music, I found something in Elvis that just appealed to my senses and everything else about him. I yeah. could talk for hours about Elvis if you want, but I won't. So. <laughs> yeah, but Elvis Presley got me started and got me started on the path of singing and the idea of great songs, catchy songs. It started my obsession with the blues, which is kind of weird considering I'm the front man of a evil band of sorts <laughs> that um, most people don't know. But uh, yeah, look, that's for me the humble start. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And it just went on from there. Jimi <laughs> Hendrix, Zeppelin. Yeah. You name it, the man. Greats. Yeah. Uh, now, industrial metal is an interesting choice, so sure is. why that genre? Well, children's music wasn't really up my alley at that point in time, and I still haven't ruled it out. But industrial music, man, I've always had a love for it, ever since hearing White Zombie for the first time, ever since hearing some of the early Nine Inch Nails material, which, you know, a lot of the elitists out there will argue is not industrial metal. Um, <laughs> it is what it is, music is subjective. But man, I immersed myself in a lot of crazy sounds and soundscapes and I found, found myself sort of going, no one's really doing anything of the abrasive sound and melodic charm. All right. So I thought, hmm, I'm gonna bring a little bit of me into this and see what I, you know, see what I can do. Well, I mean, look, I love some of your music, by the Thank way. Thank you. It sounds Thank awesome. You. It sounds great. That was a good answer. Some of some of the music. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Like I mean, you know. All <laughs> no, of no, it. no. Because <laughs> man, there's some of it where I go, ooh. <laughs> but I'm, I'm proud of all my music. But yeah. I'm, like, I'm proud, Dad. But uh, there's some moments where I go, ah. Oh. It is what it is. I just, oh, well. It's a moment in time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Which bands are your top five favourites and maybe which ones gave you the most amount of inspiration over time? Like that could be from when you started sure, to sure, now. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, look, that, that's a tough one to answer in, in a five. I mean, look, I, I will say right off the bat, Nine Inch Nails, right off the yeah. bat. Trent brings the best of so many different worlds of music together into one harmonious pipe that really appeals to me. Kiss, always, man. Yeah. That's the go-to, man. That first album, the self-titled, that's, you know, of all their albums, that's the one you can go to time and time again and just be blown away by incredible musicianship and just really clever songwriting. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Enough said. I don't really need to explain why. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it kind of goes from there, you know. I'm, I'm, I can't, I'm kind of sounding a bit cliche here because I'm, I'm rattling off bands that's kind of, oh yeah, I know those guys, I know those guys. <laughs> um, Jimi Hendrix, there is something magical about those early albums, well, these catalogue that just, yeah, always blows my mind. A uh, number five for you, uh, just off the top of my head, for some reason I'm screaming at Metallica. Alright. But man, I, to, you know, to add a, to the list, I can go Motley Crue, yeah. I can go Cinderella, I can go... B.B. King, I can go uh, Robert Johnson, I, yeah. I can give you John Coltrane, uh, Aretha Franklin, Prince, um, yeah. All the greats. Yeah, yeah, so I can give you a melting pot that will blow your mind, you know. <laughs> 
That, I mean, that's the power of music. Cool. Yeah. 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 So describe a dark cell tour for us. Now, for instance, back in 2013, you went on a, you know, massive tour around Australia. Yes. From your newly released album, Dark Verses. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the overall standout experience from that tour or some memories from it? It's a little foggy in parts. It was a different time. Jesse was a different kind of person back then. But I would say safely that it was a moment of realisation for us. We were still finding our identity as a band, musically, visually, but we realized that we wanted to create the kind of show utilizing some of those bands that I've mentioned, like Kiss and Zeppelin. We wanted to give you the kind of show that you walked away from and knew whatever you paid for, I got that plus more. And people would walk away and talk about it. You know, that was something that we prided ourselves on from the beginning, because Matt and me both came from a history of horror music, you know, playing in horror bands. I used to run to the stage screaming with a chainsaw in a blood-soaked <laughs> nighty, um, to give you an example. Like that's kind of my early yeah. days of finding my feet, right? <laughs> so we kind of fine-tuned things and discovered, uh, you know, we could give a more streamlined product and um, the power of a Dark Cell show, we could hit you in the face with a visual show, but as much hit you musically yeah. and excite the hell out of you. And nothing brought joy to me than seeing smiling faces exactly. and dancing feet. Now, how do you approach a live gig with your band and, the st- and, you know, with the style of music that you play and how do you go around about getting the audience, you know, into the performance yeah. with you guys? It's, it's really like, it's a party. If you know anything about Dark Cell, we tend to throw the word party around a lot because a Dark Cell show is like a party. We throw a party and everyone's invited. You know, we give you the soundtrack, we give you the, the stage show, but we invite you to be as much a part of it as just watching it. Yeah. And quite often I have been known for dragging people up on stage <laughs> and having a boogie together. Like the, one of the rare times we actually did a, a kids uh, all ages show, I brought the kids up on stage, you know, wow. I brought them all up and they had their headphones on. These kids were like, man, less than 10 years old. And now we're just, just so minds blown. Yeah. I could see that. And now we're just in the moment and their parents were just so excited. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Now we read that one Melbourne promoter canceled a show due to the <laughs> artwork for Dark Verses. Now what was wrong or possibly right about that artwork? As I said earlier, like music is subjective and you know, take from it what you will. A lot of Dark Cells content has been misinterpreted yeah, for the okay. best part, yep. you know? We come across as this evil band. We, you know, have songs like Exorcist that on paper looks like, oh yeah, it's a song about the devil and being, you know, exorcised by a priest and all this sort of stuff. And we we got some bizarre imagery and stuff, but essentially it's, you got to look beyond the layers. And unfortunately this promoter in question sort of didn't see past that. He just kind of, you know, he was all excited to book us and everything and everything was all good, hunky-dory, flights booked, yep, ready to go. And then he goes, yeah, I don't know about this imagery you're portraying and this, what you're selling. I, yeah. I don't think, yeah, I think if you can ditch all that and just, and we just went, no. Yeah. No, no, that doesn't, that's not how Dark Cell works. Yeah. So we put our foot down, war of words insinuated and, uh, you know, from there, power of the people spoke, man. The yeah. people got wind of it and just went, well, this isn't right. And, you know, you should be able to freely express yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, good on you, you know, for Thank standing you. up and that. Thank you. Um, now, in March this year, the band released a statement that you're now on hiatus. So what does the future hold for Dark Cell? Yeah, look, man, uh, you know, as, as you know, the madness has um, taken 
the better part of the last two years of our lives, heading into three years now. Um, we are finding our feet as a society, but for Dark Cell, we are, you know, we've always said we are a black sheep in this country. Um, what we do is unique. I'm not gonna say it's completely reinventing the wheel or it's original, but what we do is not, you know, it's not the norm, you know, it has a lot of, uh, you know, compared to a lot of what's trendy and popular in Australian music today. Um, we're kind of, you know, reluctantly frowned upon in some cases um, when promoters book us and stuff. So anyway, long story short, we thought, well, you know, we were supposed to be overseas doing more tours in the US and possible follow-ups in Europe. And we just went, well, that's where our audience primarily is. Yeah. Like that's where the people that just embrace what we do and can't get enough of it. That's that's where the target market is. Yeah. And we just thought, well, till things die down a bit, we'll have a bit of a break. Um, right, and yeah. plus, we were just burnt out, man. We, yeah. You know, we'd been doing it solid 10 years, 10 years of yeah. make an album, tour, make an album, tour, make an album, make two albums, tour. You know, yeah, that's, exactly. It was a yeah, record repeat process for yeah. us. So. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I mean, I'm looking forward to the next shows coming up. Thank you. you know, Thank you. I reckon they'll be awesome. Thank you. Recently, you've added a comic book to your creator credits. Mm. Uh, what got you started with writing books? Well, to carry on from that previous uh, question, man, I was sitting there twiddling my thumbs, found myself in a bit of a dark space, um, as many of us did, from, you know, from going 100 miles an hour to hitting a brick wall and stopping. You find yourself in a place of, what do I do now? I've always loved comic books, I've always loved writing, always had a very active imagination, so I was like, well, I'll start writing. And I just found myself writing, for no reason than just to write. Found myself writing what would be the first Frankenstein novel, and then from there it just expanded, and uh, people started reading my stuff and, and buying my stuff, which is super cool. And then people were like, dude, this would make a sick comic book. And that's when Frankenstein the comic book came to life. Three issues later, now currently working on number four. Wow. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's cool, man. Like it's a lot of fun. I'm just about to release my brand new comic book, Furious, this Friday, which is 42 pages of black, white, and blood. Wow. Because it's all black and white, but there's blood on every page. It's Jeez. ultra violent, and it's um yeah, it's action packed, man. That'll be awesome to read. Yeah, thanks, man. Now, Dark Cell are known for your corpse makeup and the darker side of life and death. So, mm -hmm. has this translated into your comics? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I've always I've always loved horror. I've always loved you know the darker side of life and everything like that. But you know, I mean, there's other aspects of what I do. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a larrikin at heart, so. You know, I like uh, bleeding a bit of humor into my work and stuff, so a lot of that transcends in my comic. But um, Dark Cell definitely had an influence, and I embrace that, yeah. and I celebrate um, Dark Cell in my work as well. Perfect. Mm. So now, you've gone on a bit about your book Frankenstein before, so tell us a bit about it, like what's behind it, inspiration. Yeah, yeah, so uh, Frankenstein is based on true story. Um, when we toured the US in 2015, I kept the journal of every single day of the tour. I ended up writing six journals. Thanks, Mum, for the books. Wow. <laughs> I wrote, yeah, about, I filled up six journals of our everyday activities. And um, I condensed that into a novel format, which I haven't released to this day for no other reason than I just never got around to it. Yeah. But I will. I will definitely right. do it. Um, but from there, I, I thought, well, this would make for a cool horror story. You know, what if I, and this was when I was starting to think about the realization of writing comics as well. I thought, well, what about if I had this, my band were on tour, like in the tour journals, 
but the band get killed by werewolves. <laughs> and then we get reassembled into this monster in a world that's fast getting taken over by the creatures of the night and the supernatural. So, you know, Freakenstein is born and uh, basically made up of the members of Dark Cell. Wow. And it, it's, um, it's a rock and roll horror odyssey, man. <laughs> like, it's action-packed from start to finish. There are zombies, there's vampires, there's werewolves, there's were-deers. I created a, <laughs> a monster called a were-deer. Jeez. There's killer clowns. There's all kinds of stuff in there, dude. But, you know, Freakenstein is on a quest to kill all these monsters but also find a good burrito. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. You've got to find a good burrito. Absolutely. Um, now, your latest book, Sajida, will be released very soon. So Furious, which is based on baseball. Mm -hmm. So why the fa fascination about American pastime and not Australian cricket? Yeah, that's a good question, man. Um, I can answer that very, very easily. There is already a really good cricket-based comic book out there called Baza the Bogan um, <laughs> Barbarian, I think it's called, yeah. by a friend of mine, um, the, from Silver Fox Comics. And he sort of got that base covered with zombie apocalypse and using a cricket bat and a lot of Aussie thing. But for me, Furious is based, it's my love letter to a childhood movie that I grew up with called The Warriors, which is a cult classic about the gangs of New York. It's all set at night. It's just, yeah, it's a movie well worth checking out because it's timeless. The soundtrack is rock and roll. It's just, <laughs> it ticks all the boxes. But there was a gang in there that was in there for a grand total of 10 minutes that as a kid, the imagery just blew my brains out. These guys dressed in baseball uniforms, but with kiss-like makeup. Didn't speak a word. Wow. And they carried baseball bats. And I was like, damn. So that was my fascination of many fascinations over the years growing up. And I had this idea in my head, what if there was a story that carried on from the movie 40 years later? And because the Baseball Furies were, you know, basically one of the most loved gangs from this film that had the shortest screen time in the movie, yeah. I just thought, what if there was a story there about a kid that grows up not knowing who his dad is, but he's filled with all this rage against society and he, he sees his hometown in Buffalo, New York, just ravaged by these gangs that are out of control. And he goes, I have to do something about this. And he meets his dad finally after 40 years. Wow. And discovers that his dad was the leader of the Baseball Furies. And a <laughs> moment of realization, an epiphany clicks and he finds the key to his rage. New York is never the same again. <laughs> and it's soaked in blood. Oh my goodness, that's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Now, what is your approach to writing comics? Like, what makes you want to illustrate a story? And how do you find ways to keep the story interesting, like adding plot twists in certain parts? Visualisation. Okay. Yep. I visualise every panel, every aspect of the story. I've spoken to a few writers. They have different um, ideas on how they make a comic book. But for me, I visualise every component of every page, every panel. Uh, so I think about things like how does Hewitt's eyes look in, in a particular scene when he's driving a baseball that's bat straight through a guy's skull. Yeah. You know, is he happy or is he full of rage? Yeah. You know? Are there red veins popping in his eyeballs? I think about these sort of things and I visualise it. I put all this down on script and thankfully for us, I can't draw that well. So I commission an artist overseas. Right. to His name's Dean Nduit and he uh, illustrates my art for me. 
Um, we worked together on Freakenstein and we're now working together on Furious. Super talented artist, lives in a third world country. He should be bloody doing art for Marvel. Yeah. That, you know, in my opinion. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, dude, like that's my general approach to the comics. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so now do you have any advice for young musicians or crew looking to start their own band or even create comic books? Yeah, dude, absolutely. Dream big, go for it. No idea is a bad idea. I believe in the power of trial and error. Yeah. So go out there, jam with friends, make some noise, write some horrible songs, have some fun. You know, the, the, key, the key is to have fun and go out and learn as much as you can. It, you know, from a music standpoint, uh, learn as much about what happens behind the scenes as much as on the stage. Yeah. You know, we all want to be in the spotlight, but we all also need to understand and respect what goes into being able to get on that stage. Yeah, I'm, I'm a proud roadie by trade as well. Oh yeah? Yeah. So I would say, get out there and um, go join a touring company, yeah, a production okay. company, go get your hands dirty and, and see the magic all come together. It's brilliant. Really? Yeah, Jeez. man. And for comics, uh, same thing, man. I'll give you a piece of advice I got from Todd McFarlane, the creator of Spawn, who said, life is like approaching a cliff face. You either go for opportunity by running at it and jumping, or you miss the opportunity and stop and look down. Take the flying leap, write those scripts, write every single day, or draw. Practice, 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 <laughs> and enjoy what you do. Perfect. Now, where can we find some, you know, where can we find Dark Cell and your comic books online and in store? Yeah, I mean, any Google search will take you to, to our happy place, um, darkcell.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook, I mean, Facebook. Um, you can find us on Fakestagram, I mean, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all the social medias. Um, and you can find my comics at Freak Productions, spelled with two E's, because if you look it up in the dictionary, F-R-E-E-K -E means too weird to be a freak. Oh, okay. True story. And um, I'm found at www.freakproductions.com. We'll have to check it out. Well, thanks very much, Jesse, for coming in. Make sure to check out some of Dark Cell's songs and also his comics. Yeah, Sweet. dude, 100%. Thanks, Thank Jesse. You. Thank you. All right, perfect.